Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Nadim and Mita have recorded many podcast episodes. They've been able to review over 130 movies. More recently, they are reviewing all Best Picture winners since the beginning of the Oscars. Right now, you're listening to one of those episodes. Nice. That's yeah. good, Mita. I wish I like, had a library behind me. Yeah, right. Exactly. And a globe. Yeah. It was nice. It is 130 episodes, though. Over, yeah. That was just kind of crazy. We're getting to 150. Yeah. Isn't that? wild we'll still be reviewing oscar movies but that's okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, meet the house it going i'm here present yeah yeah i had that's a good. crappy week last week and yeah. now i'm i'm feeling more alive that's fair yeah. yeah i'm trying to feel more alive too it's hard it's hard. i had bronchitis the last time we spoke so <laughs> how how is the bronchitis it's better i still have a bit of a cough and it's coming and going and like Really tired, but also, like, I'm feeling super blah. Like, Mm. super blah. So, there's that. Now, I know you don't celebrate Christmas. This is true. I will tell you, the thing that really got me in better spirits was watching holiday movies, but also setting up my Christmas tree. Okay, yeah. I can see that. Like, actually putting it up and putting in the lights. And, like, I had the wreath on the front door, but I didn't set up the lights for the wreath. And then I finally did it. And then at night, all the lights are on, and it's so nice. nice. Yeah, and it just, you know, made me a little bit more jolly. That's good. I'm glad that did that for you. I think that one of the issues is the weather is so croptastical right now. It's so weird. It's It's like so wet. (laughs) It's so wet, and it's so, like, it's not... There's a bite to it. Like, it's above yeah. it's above zero, which is great. Let's keep it that way. Yep. But when you go outside, it's like, oh, wait, what's this cold? I thought it was what's three degrees. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly what it is. It's, yeah, it's not very nice. So that's not contributing at all. No. But I'm going to switch the order of our small talk just slightly. Okay. Because I think this segues better into... Hmm. Talk to me about your holiday movie quest so far. Okay. So... Listeners, if you didn't know, but you should know because you listen. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> I listened to Marty last week. <laughs> yes. Just like Halloween, I felt like Halloween movies needed awareness. And so for the month of December, I am watching a bunch of holiday movies for 25 days, not for the entire month because that would be a lot. Um, but I have embarked on this. Today is Wednesday, December 7th. So I've watched six movies so far. And to kick off my holiday movie quest, I have watched all six Home Alone films. Now, you're probably thinking, six Home Alones? I only know of like (laughs) two or three. Yes, there are six Home Alone movies. I have watched them all now, so you don't have to. (laughs) Why is this? Talk to me about one through six Home Alone. Wow. What? Okay. I knew it was going to be bad. Yeah. But I didn't think I would enjoy how bad it was. Like, I actually was kind of relishing and like how ridiculous these movies are. But it got me thinking, like, how do these get made? Who says, like, hey, let's just like keep this thing going and do another Home Alone? Yeah. And um, you would ask me earlier in the week if you could have a ranking of them. And so I am here to provide you with my ranking. Please do. Would you like me to go worst to best or best to worst? 
Let's go worst to best. Worst. Because I think we know what one and two are. Okay. Let's just do. in variable order. Yes. But Okay. So worst is Home Alone 4. Okay. Okay. So in Home Alone 1 and 2, it's obviously Kevin McAllister. In 3, it's a whole new kid. But then in 4, they decide to revisit the McAllisters. Mm -hmm. They do not hire anybody from the original film, probably because they couldn't. But no one from the original film is in this movie. On top of which, they decided that Mr. or Mrs. McAllister will get a divorce. Mm -hmm. Which is just like, if you know Home Alone 1 and 2, like... If they're a beautiful family. They're together. They love yeah. each other. Like, why would you do that? And Kevin then decides to spend Christmas with his dad and his dad's new girlfriend who lives in like the smart house that's <laughs> operated by a remote control. I already hate this. And Marv is out of prison. Marv, not Harry. Marv has gotten married and Marv is the mastermind behind mm. the heist that he's going to pull. Which Kevin's dad's new girlfriend is, I guess, some... She's rich. She's a rich bitch, okay? Yeah. And she is having some royalty come visit her home over the mm -hmm. Christmas break, including a prince. And Marv has hatched a plan to kidnap said prince and use him for ransom money. Mm. Marv and his new wife, who is played by Missy Pyle, and Marv, who is played by French Stewart who looks nothing like Daniel Stern. <laughs> like, yeah. nothing. And I think the thing that bugs me the most is, like, why would you have Marv and not Harry? Harry is the actual, like, yeah. smarter one. It doesn't make sense at all. And it's just, it's a really bad, terrible movie. And it ruins now, everything. I don't know if we have time for synopses of all other five I films. really just <laughs> wanted to let people know about that. <laughs> that How bad that one is. And then I'll go through the other ones. Okay. Wait, how many Christmas trees is it? Uh, I did snowflakes. Snowflakes, okay. Yes. Um, so I did um, 0.5 snowflakes. Oh, wow. That bad, okay. <laughs> yeah, that bad. Because like French Stewart actually really commits and I, I appreciate that he, he gets commits. that half star. Yeah. Um, so then it's Home Alone 5, A Holiday Heist, okay. which um, has some horror elements to it, but not really. Okay. It's just like there's a ghost in the house, but it was bad. I gave that one one snowflake. Okay. Yep. Um, then there's Home Alone 6, Home Sweet Home Alone, which was the newest one with like Ellie mm -hmm. Kemper. And I gave that two snowflakes. Okay. Then Home Alone 3, which I think back in the day we gave it a bad rep. But actually, if you look at the entire series, it's not that terrible. I yeah. think it just had the misfortune of being after Home Alone 1 and 2 and yeah. like also not the McAllister. So people just weren't appreciative of it. They but into it the same it's way, yeah. a cute kids movie. And the kid in it is really cute. I'll give him yeah. that. Um, so that I gave two and a half snowflakes. And then for me, it's Home Alone. Like okay. the original is in my number two spot. Okay. And then Home Alone 2 is my number one. I think the the beauty of like New York City yeah, and like Christmas. getting to experience that surpasses the original. And I think it's That's one it. of the rare sequels that surpasses the original. Snowflakes. So oh, two yes. And one. Um, they have the same snowflakes. It's four. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like sentimentally, I like two yes. better than one. I, I can get that. I think one and two are really interchangeable. And it's just how you like, how you connect to it. Yep. yep. There you go. So what's on the dock? I guess you're not going to say what's on the docket next. So no, we'll but next week. Well, I will. I'll just say tonight is a actually like a horror thriller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With holiday That's twist. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, 
Okay, so before we get to our episode, which is what we're here for, (laughs) yeah, it's like, what are we going to talk about? I wanted to ask you a question. Yes. So I think, I don't think I've mentioned this, but a while ago, actually at the beginning of November, and like we just haven't had the time to talk about it yet, on November 2nd, Mm. it was Bollywood actor Shah Rukh Khan's birthday. And it was hashtagged as SRK Day. Yeah. And he released a trailer for his upcoming movie, Patan, mm-hmm. that is coming out in January, which is also stars Deepika Padukone and John Abraham. And the trailer is, first of all, amazing. It's like okay. really, enter- it's really high octane and really entertaining. And so I do encourage you to watch it because it's, and Shah Rukh Khan hasn't released a movie in four years. And for our non-Bollywood listeners, Shah Rukh Khan is... How would you describe Shah Rukh Khan? There's nobody comparable to Shah Rukh Khan. That's the thing. Like, we've talked about that before of, like, who is, like, the Hollywood version of Shah Rukh Khan? There really isn't anybody. Like, he is just, he's beloved. He's beloved. He's a god. This isn't to say that all his movies have been successful and, like, all of that. He's had flops. He's had ups and downs like any other actor. I I think he's closest to Tom Cruise in that way. That, like, Shah Rukh Khan is, like, 56 or something right now. Like, he's not young. Mm -hmm. And he's still doing action movies. He's still making the money. But when you watch reaction trailers of people in theaters in India watching this, the reaction is, like, absolutely insane. And it's because of Shah Rukh Khan. It's not because of like Deepika or John Abraham or even the movie itself. It's because Shah Rukh Khan is back. And so the question I had is, is there someone comparable outside of like, even within India, let's say that like in the world who has the kind of clout that Shah Rukh Khan still has? I don't think there is. I don't think there's anybody that you can like stand up against him. But that's also me as an an Indian Indian person. person. Because I was... You know, you bring this up, I'm thinking, one, like, there isn't anybody. But there's also, like, if I went to my neighbor right now, I was like, do you know who Shah Rukh Khan is? They wouldn't know who Shah Rukh Khan is. That's very true. And there's a billion people that do. There's more than a billion. There's, like, a couple, few billion people that know who he is. (laughs) But he does not have, he's not a household name in that. Which is super interesting, right? Right? And I was thinking about him, just like, is that because he's a minority? Kind of, right? And brown people will always be considered a minority. Isn't that wild, though? It's That breaks my heart. <laughs> that, like, someone like Tom Cruise will be no, is known the world over. Everyone knows who Tom Cruise is. But someone like Shah Rukh Khan probably has more actual clout mm-hmm. and more, in many ways, respect than someone like Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise had his whole Scientology. Yeah. Shah Rukh Khan is, I actually believe he's a good person. Like, I yeah, don't... Yeah, there's something about him that makes you think... I don't is... know if there's ever been, like, any shady business or anything. Yeah. Like, maybe I've heard things like he's cheated on his wife. Yeah, but, yeah. like, for some reason, I forgive him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Like, him and his wife have been married for 30-plus years. Yeah. Like, they're both beloved as a couple. People love yeah. Gordy Gone. Yeah. And, like... They make it work. They're also they're a Hindu and a Muslim couple, so it's like, yeah. whoa! Like they can make it work. Anybody they can, can make it work. Yeah. But again, if I went to anyone around me, like right now, yeah. I was like, "Do you know who Shadow Khan is?" They'd be like, "No." But that, and that's a really fascinating thing to it's disappointing. like actually bring up. Actually, right? Like yeah. I didn't even think about it that way because my question was really like, you know, is there anyone like Shadow Khan? I think the answer is no. But also, like, is Shadow Khan the last remaining? superstar like real true superhero kind of what's the word i'm looking for 
I think Amitabh Bachchan is still in that same realm. Really? I think people like my dad goes not crazy, but he loves Amitabh Bachchan. Still he loves watches Amitabh Bachchan. Bachchan is also another Bollywood actor, and mm-hmm. he more now he hosts like a game show that's the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. And my dad like is obsessed <laughs> with yeah. that show and like loves it. And I and then anytime I go over to my aunt's house, we watch it, and like all of yeah. the older people. Love it. And they love Amitabh and they love talking about him. And they recently did an episode where like his whole family came onto the show and everyone was so happy to see all these (laughs) people. And it's wild because I don't think Hollywood actors have that same thing. Like you don't know about their lives in this like loving way. Yeah, like they're a part of your family. You always want to tear people apart. Yeah. When it's in Hollywood. Whereas like in Bollywood, it's like, no, like I want to see Jaya and I want to see Abhishek <laughs> and like, all, and where was Ashwarya? She didn't show up. I was upset. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but do you not think there's anyone in North America, in Hollywood, who has that same? And this is a real question. Fine. Shah Rukh Khan is in his place. But like, is, are we really talking the death of the superstar in North America? Like, is there anybody... Because this made me think that, like, obviously India still has it, and obviously Shah Rukh Khan is world over fine, full stop, period. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that, is there anyone comparable in that way that has that kind of clout and that kind of magic that Shah Rukh Khan still has in North America? I can't think of anyone of recent, but I also think it's, like, important to note that I think stardom, like, in Shah Rukh Khan ha- is a good person, but stardom mm-hmm. in itself is just so dangerous, and fandom is so dangerous i wonder if people limit choose to limit themselves to that kind of fame Hmm. and shah khan is open to it open to it and like is gracious and is grateful because he also he didn't come from like i feel like we should do a whole biography on shah khan (laughs) he didn't come from like a bollywood family he didn't come from stardom and like I feel like I was told stories when I was a kid that he was an orphan, but I don't think that's true. No, but his father <laughs> died. His, so the story is, is that his father died when he was very young and his sister is like mentally handicapped. Okay. And I think his mother died recently. And so he has, like he had hardships. He had yeah. hardships and he came from like, he literally came from nothing. Yeah. And has made this, Yeah, made something of himself. Like it's a real Cinderella story. Yeah. Whereas In like... I don't know. I just feel like people probably don't want... Like, I wouldn't want that. Would you? That kind of celebrity? The yeah. kind Shah Rukh Khan has? The kind Shah Rukh Khan has? Absolutely not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, that's. I think there's other things about Shah Rukh Khan's celebrity that are fascinating. A, because Shah Rukh Khan is not hot. He's not like... He's not like someone like... In the 90s, he was. <laughs> well, I think Shah Rukh Khan is... In, Shah Rukh Khan is charm incarnate. And like that has led to him being like perceived as being good looking but he's not like there's something very palpable about him exactly and but i think it is his approachability like i felt like if i if i saw him on the street today and i went up to him he would be nice to me like i wouldn't be nervous i'd be like i don't want to waste his time i don't want to do that like i think he would be very receptive to it yeah yeah i think the other thing is is that like there is the politics that like shah khan is muslim in Mm -hmm. a Hindu majority country that is becoming more and more right wing in its approach to like fanaticism, like Hindu fanaticism. Mm-hmm. And his popularity is very interesting, actually, because Shah Rukh Khan hasn't made a movie in four years. And in four years, the kind of state of what India has become has changed. So to see what this movie is like, what the box office does in January will be really interesting. And that is, I think, stuff that doesn't really occur here right Mm -hmm. 
Like we're not really we're talking not worried about, about like if Chris Evans is a Catholic. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. makes no difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that he married that Shah Rukh Khan married a Hindu woman. Yeah, like over the pandemic, for instance, you must have heard that Shah Rukh Khan's son Aryan Khan was caught with or arrested and for having drugs. Yeah, but he was held very long. He actually wasn't involved and. A large, a large sect of the world thinks that it was because Shah Rukh Khan is Muslim. And was, was he arrested in India or was it in, in the in US? India. Oh, okay. No, it was in India. It was in India and he was held like in a jail. Oh. And it was like, it was a very like public thing. And like, there's, I think, a lot more there than just his work and his looks, which is, I think, all it really is here. Yeah. People are very vain here, or at least in the last like 20 years. It, yeah. Celebrity in Hollywood has become more about your looks and. That's basically it. <laughs> you don't think talent plays any role? I think there are a lot of talent, but uh, I think, t- yes, you have to have some sort of talent to be able to get someplace. Mm-hmm. But I think you get farther if you have talent and you have good looks. Because yeah. like, think about like Judy Dench or Imelda Staunton or like those are talented women that are the only people coming to my mind. Right <laughs> For some reason. Yeah. Or Diane Weiss. Diane Weiss is so talented. Nadine, yeah. But she never. Diane Weiss is very funny. Yeah. Or even someone who's in the movie we watched this week. Shirley MacLaine is beyond yeah. talented. I wouldn't say Shirley MacLaine is like super hot. But also I know like older Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. That's my core memory. Yeah. Yeah. Or add that in, in her shoes. Yeah. <laughs> in her shoes is my well no rumor has it rumor has it that's fair <laughs> don't forget about that interesting i think yeah it, it was just an interesting thing like i noticed it, and i think there's you can't come up with a celebrity here and i don't know what the reason for that is and it might be because celebrity here has become a lot more flippant and mm-hmm. people aren't as loyal maybe mm-hmm. the way they were at one point because at one point there was a brad pitt there was a george clooney there, there were was a like, Harrison Ford. Like, there was a Harrison Ford. Yeah. But now it's kind of like... Because like even like Harrison Ford, for example, mm-hmm. had his time. Like the, yes. the 70s, the 80s, even the 90s. Like Harrison Ford the, yeah. was the shit. But he aged. And people... Like if you ask young people today, like who is this man? They might not know. Even though there's a new Indiana Jones coming out, they may not yeah. know who this man is. That's fair. If you ask young people in India or ar- Indians who around Shah the Rukhan world is. who is yeah. Shah Rukh Khan, they will know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very true. Yeah. That's very interesting. That he's able to surpass aging too. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of interesting, hmm. <laughs> what did we watch this week, Mita? <laughs> Interesting is the word of the day. Is the word of the day. <laughs> this week, Nadim, we watched Around the World in 80 Days. We did. We did. Would you like a discro from IMDb? I, I would. And I feel like in your description, you're going to give me the entire plot of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. A Victorian Englishman bets that with the new steamships and railways, he can circumnavigate the globe in 80 days. Ta-da! That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's the it. end. We could go back movie. to our conversation. If you yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. That's totally it. Oh, Nadine, God. What were your sentiments <laughs> towards Around the World in 80 Days? I, th- I Okay. Let me sum it up. Okay. With towards the end, mm-hmm. they get to America. And we'll, we'll go into detail, but you're asking for my initial thoughts. Yeah. They get to America. And they're on a train, and they come across some Native Americans. <laughs> and eventually, those Native Americans try to take over the train. <laughs> that was my favorite part, by the way. 
that was when I threw my hands up and I said, all right, that's that. <laughs> that's when I feel like the most adventure happened. <laughs> because what a supremely racist film. Yeah. Like end to end. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait till we get to Shirley MacLaine. <laughs> yeah. Wait till we get to India yeah. and Shirley MacLaine. Oh, boy. But I think for this movie started off so strangely, too. Like, I don't know. There is a, like, 10-minute sequence mm. of, like, an introduction to the movie. To the point, no, I, I thought I put on the wrong movie. The wrong movie. Yeah. Totally. I totally <laughs> thought the same thing. I was yeah. like, did I put on the wrong film? Because I was like, why? And it has nothing to do with anything. No, it's just about the author of the book who the movie is based off of. But not. It's like looking at people that were inspired by his work. It's yeah. so random. It's so random and it's so just pointless. And this movie is three hours long. So you <sighs> really don't need this n- newscaster. You're also dating yourself <laughs> entirely. Yes, incredibly, yeah. For us to watch this, how many years later is this? Like 70 years. 70 almost. years later. For I don't know who that man is. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why he's talking about this. I have no idea why it started off that way. And mm-hmm. then when the movie started, I thought we were still in that like vignette. There's no right? transition. There's no transition. There's no like seek title sequence. I didn't understand. That was a strange directing choice to begin with. Like 10 minutes into the movie and then the movie starts and you're like, "Oh, I guess we're in it. We're we're doing this now. We're doing this now." And then it just is. That IMDb description is the entire film. Mhm. It's 3 hours long. Mhm. And we take this, like, route that kind of makes sense across the world. Does it make sense, though? No. Like, they poorly planned this trip. Like, if I was on this trip with them, I'd be pissed. Because they go from the from London to Spain. Yeah. And then from Spain to, like, the Middle East, Morocco. Yeah. That makes and then, sense. So then they're, like, in Africa. Yeah, they're in Africa. And then they go from... Morocco, I think. It was somewhere in Africa. Yeah. But like on the northern tip of Africa. And then they go to India. That's really far. That's really far. Africa's big. I play global and worldle every day. Africa's huge, guys. Huge. (laughs) Yeah. Africa is huge. Mm -hmm. And then they go from like Africa, somewhere in Africa to India. And then from India to China, Mm -hmm. China to Japan, Mm -hmm. Japan to San Francisco. It literally reminded me of I can see Russia from my house. Like that's that was the like the idea of this it. was Sarah Palin's summer vacation. Like. Yeah, exactly. And then from San Francisco to New York, and then New York to back to UK. And right? they did it in eighty days. Eighty days. Eighty days. I am and watching this, I'm very confused by the whole movie. Like how? Yeah. Why is this made? But like, there's no interest whatsoever it's like oh great they're in another country cool but like why do i care (laughs) that they're in another country where's that what where's the character development why do i care about this like staunchy british man traveling the world with his french counterpart played by a mexican (laughs) yes that's not even how you say it (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and that's a really good question because you know he's going to win the bet. Yeah. 
Like, like, from the very beginning. So, like, where is the stakes in this film? There's no actual, like, I think if you're going to have a movie called Around the World in 80 Days, your audience knows, okay, they're going to make it in 80 Days. Like, it would be a very disappointing ending if they don't. Yeah. But you have to build something in between that actually gathers the audience attention and like would want them to follow this journey. This movie isn't about point A or B. It's about what's in between A or Z or what's in between. And there's really, it's a bunch of racist stuff in between with like no character development, no actual journey. And then I was looking, I was like, it's based on a book. Maybe the book has more. And I I mean, granted, I looked at like Reddit comments and IMDb uh-huh. comments. Apparently, the book is the same thing. There's like no actual interest. It's just like people wanted to hear about other the countries. World. And I was like, this movie could only be made in America. Yeah, it is yeah. a British film, though, I think. In like, I, well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, but like, this movie I get could only be saying. made by white people. Yes, yeah. yes. I think it's British. Let me just check that actually. Because a lot of it was shot in LA. LA? So I don't. But even also... the British are colonizers. Like these are, they're the only yes, people that exactly. could make this. There was a couple of things I did find interesting. Mm-hmm. I will say the very, very end where you think he's lost the bet. Okay, yes. That but whole 10 little... minute sequence, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then, like you're saying, the interest comes from that. Because you're like, okay, they're going to win. But how? Like, I'm actually interested at that point. And then when you find out that, like, because of the days and it's just like, oh, here. I was, like, vested in it for that 10 minutes because that's conflict. That was interesting. Something was going on there. Yeah. And then the movie just ends, too. Mm-hmm. It's very final. It's <laughs> very final. And it's just, like, one dumb line ends the whole thing. It is actually from the United States. You're right. But also, I think British people would, like, look at our friend Danny Boyle. Danny yeah. Boyle could make this, I feel. <laughs> I think Danny Boyle, or I'd like to believe, would make a smarter he, film than he'd this. He'd have more heart to it. I yeah, think you would actually, actually care conflict. about these people. I don't think Slumdog is racist. No. But, but I it is showing... There, there are issues. Very, yeah, there are yeah. issues. And it is showing a very Western perspective of India. Yeah. Which, so is this. Oh, God. <laughs> Which did not look like India. Like, it looked like the Middle East. Like, I was like, are they in Sex in the City? Is this Abu Dhabi? Like, Yeah, exactly. That was the other thing. But there were some clear exterior shots of people. But then you don't notice. I didn't notice it as much when they were in, like, Morocco or whatever. But when they got to India, I was just like, so this is just a bunch of white people in brown face. Yeah. But... Then they don't give brown face to the princess, which I appreciated. I didn't. I appreciated I that. Yeah. I don't want Shirley MacLaine to, to, be to be, yeah, having brown face. But could you not have hired somebody who maybe looked a little bit Indian? Yeah, just a little bit Indian, and maybe, and maybe had an Indian accent. <laughs> yeah, and maybe a costume designer who knew how to wrap a sari. That's the. <laughs> Where do they, like, part yeah. of me is like, maybe they didn't have the resources. Maybe they didn't have inspo picks. But I'm like, no, it's I was the thinking 50s. that too. It's the 50s. And like, Britain had colonized by that Britain point. Britain had colonized India, yeah. You and could find out- something. You could find some reference. Britain was out of India by that point. Yeah. Like, there was enough 
context, there must have been written somewhere about like how how Indian people actually dressed. Mm-hmm. And like when she's back in the UK and she's wearing that stupid dupatta over her head with her like dress, I'm like, why does she need this? And like all her saris are like clipped up by yeah. something. It's like, oh, you did not know that costume designer did not know how to drape a sari. Like they just no, not did. at all. And like if this movie, I mean, there is something that came out recently that's called Around the World in Eighty Days. It's a show, actually. It's a show. Oh, okay. Maybe we should watch it. Because I'm, because I was thinking, like, in today's world, they would, like, make sure they have people who knew what they were doing. Yes. They would really put thought into costume and even, like, the set design in this for the 50s is really cool. But yeah. I think today it would be just so much better and so much more, there'd be so much more thought to it. Yeah. But here's a question. And this is kind of taking this the other way. Is mm-hmm. there something about this that like being at that time and place that that ignorance was kind of nice? Like, fine. Like we're for the people this. watching it? Yeah. Like at that time in the 50s, you could watch this and enjoy this for what it was. Yeah. And right I think now, you're also getting like you get to travel with them. Like maybe yeah. somebody's never really seen the world before. I can see that. I can see that. And like the cinematography is really nice. And we do get some really nice shots of like India and I think like actual Japan and like the American countryside. And like we do get some like really interesting like cinematography for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think when we look at it now, we're kind of just like, but everyone is, everyone is a stereotype. Yeah. Including interestingly, the Americans. (laughs) Yeah. Which I kind of liked. Because it's honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But then, fine, you have the stereotypical Americans, but then you have the Native Americans. Which is just, I mean, I was not surprised. No. No. Pretty, it's, just, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's just so bad. It's just so, and you know what? I was really trying to be objective about it and think like, is there a world where this would have been okay? If not, not watching it now, not being made now, but fine for the fifties, mm-hmm. it's kind of like Gone with the Wind. Yeah, right. Like we that was the it. time. That's how yes. people were towards black people. Like, and I and I get that. But so I is there a, is there a, is what is it here with this movie? Is it that the movie itself is just bland, or is it that it's bland and racist? And if it had been good and racist, we would have accepted it more. That's an interesting point because I think we like you and I accept Gone with the Wind because yeah. it is it is good. There yeah. are some issues there, but I also think like the issues in Gone with the Wind don't like don't encapsulate the entire movie itself. Yeah. Like there's more story you're watching cuz of Scarlet. You want to know yeah. Scarlet's journey. Like yes, there are racist elements, but Scarlet is the pinpoint. This is about experiencing other cultures like traveling the world, Mm -hmm. learning these things, but these things are wrong. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's why it hurts a little bit more because like how bad it is. But to your other point, it's like, that's what people knew. People didn't, didn't have the research capabilities that we have today to like actually look into these things. Mm -hmm. But encyclopedias were around. Like, I feel like where... Were they, though? Like, to that degree? I guess, like, you didn't have people who... You couldn't have, you know, a consulting producer come on and be like, I'm from India. This is what India is like. I guess they didn't... They didn't use resources in that way. And it's not until later that they realize, okay, yes, we do. So I don't don't think that it's bland and racist. I'm going to say it's just bland. But... Watching it today is difficult because of the racist racism involved. 
I think that's that's probably the most like neutral round way to version say. of yeah. <laughs> neutral. Yeah, because it's fair that like I don't think the intent was to be racist. No, and I think that's very evident. It mm-hmm. just it it comes off as a movie that is not very educated about those things. Mm-hmm. However, I think what bothers me more is I think I would accept the the stereotypes and the racism if. There was something about Phineas actually going across the world and becoming a better person or right? learning from these cultures or like something. Because literally, even when you think about it, he's literally just going from stop to stop to stop. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, the journey is it should, the destination is the goal for him is to yeah. get back home in 80 days. And that results in his like attitude and how he feels. And I feel like the show probably does this and I haven't seen it, but this is just my guess is that like. They probably spend more time in places. They learn more about the places. And those they places teach have a... things. Yes, back. exactly. Yeah. There's a little bit of that. On the flip side, is it kind of nice that this movie is just kind of like, it's just come along for the ride. We don't need to teach you something. It doesn't need to be about something big. Here's some pretty locations in a, like a fun, interesting storyline. I think you're... Your character to begin with, though, is like so staunchy and like boring. You need yeah. something redeeming at the end. Yeah. Like just a one liner of like, I've learned about this. I learned flamenco. <laughs> like something. Yeah. So, like what did he get out of this trip out of 80 days other than to just win a bet? That's what it feels like to me. He only did this because he wanted to win a bet. He didn't do it for any sort of like enrichment on his own part. And even if his goal initially was to win the bet, ideally... Along the way, he would have become a better person. Exactly. Like you would so, have like some one-off line there. Yeah. Something about how. And I think maybe that's what they were trying to do with Shirley MacLaine's character. Is that like he was this like lonely person and then he becomes. Like he ends up marrying yeah. her. He saves but her life. He saves her life. But maybe there is something about him being, you know, a British imperialist. Or someone that he was a little racist. And that he does go across the world. I don't know. Just something. Something more than this. Because mm-hmm. this was just. There was nothing here. No, not a zip. Built. So why did it win Best Picture? <laughs> I honestly don't know. And all of the research I was doing, everyone's like, it should have been the Ten Commandments. It should have been the Ten Commandments, which I've never seen, like, front to end. <laughs> have you? Outside of, like, a school or Easter-related situation? Well, even on Easter, I don't think I've watched all of it. Like, I oh, know really? I've seen yeah. it in parts because it's so long. <laughs> it's so long. It's another really long one. I don't know why people liked those back then. But I I don't feel fair to say that, like, the Ten Commandments should have won. But you also have things like The King and I. And there was something else that I saw that came Giant. out. Giant. Okay. But there was something else that came out that year that I was like, why wasn't that nominated? But now oh, I can't okay. remember what it was. I mean, Giant is Elizabeth Taylor, Rock Hudson, and James Dean. Ooh, just that alone. When, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just those names. That sounds so exciting. Okay, I can't find it. But like, I, I'm. It's always so hard to answer this question when you haven't seen the other films because I, yeah, can't really speak to that. I don't think that's fair to them. But I don't see this winning a Best Picture. Like I just. But don't. I have like I've seen the Ten Commandments and fine. You haven't seen it end to end, but you've seen it enough to yeah. know that like. That's like a that's that is a yeah. movie that is pretty spectacular to make for its time. Yes, the parting of the Red Sea is amazing. Yeah. 
Like there's some, there's some, and forget the special effects. There's a story there. Fine, it's a biblical story, and it was written for the screenplay. Like it was written for the movie, but it's still a story. There's nothing here. Yeah, there's like legitimately nothing. There's nothing. I think I'm just going to look for it. I found a review that I really liked because it started off with. This movie felt like watching it for 80 days. No. <laughs> Proof that you can buy an Academy Award. Oh, now yeah. we're getting into the politics. <laughs> now we're getting into it. Interesting. That's what it feels like, though. Yeah. Well, I don't know what they... Did the review go into... They like, didn't go into okay. like more detail. It was just kind of like an idea that like you could, you could campaign yourself. your way to a win. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Because that's kind of the only thing that explains it. Do we feel like this is a Gwyneth and Shakespeare in Love kind of thing? But Shakespeare in Love is a nice film. I don't care what you say. And we'll talk about it next year. Yeah. But I like Shakespeare in Love. I do too. <laughs> I think I think it's the better film than Saving Private Ryan. That's my opinion. That's fair. I haven't seen both in a very long time. I would like, in when we get there, I'll, yeah. yeah. I'll be watching both. Both. But, oh gosh. That I mean, the only thing I can think of for this winning is that exact notion of like they probably bought their way into it. Yeah. But like, why wouldn't the Ten Commandments do that though? Like, how do you? I guess I don't know how voting worked back then, but like, how do you? How does one movie fare better in terms of campaigning than another? The other part of this conversation might be because of the alleged 44 cameos that take place in this film. Oh, God, I forgot about those. <laughs> because half of them, more than half, like most of them I didn't recognize. No, I only really recognized Frank Sinatra. <laughs> like yeah, Frank Sinatra, be... and then I had to look back to find out who Marlene uh, Dietrich. Dietrich was. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah, and people say like this is like the originator of like... Of the cameo. Of yeah. the cameo. What is the point of the cameo? yeah. In this, in this function especially. Of just like random people. But to take it back to Bollywood for a quick second, mm-hmm. so who I think does the cameo the best, mm. it's something like, do you remember in Kalhonaho, in Mahive? Yeah, Rani Mukherjee. Rani Mukherjee <laughs> and Kajol. Yeah, like, you just not, have them in a dance number. It's fun. There's no purpose to it, but exactly. they show up and you're like, oh my God, there they are. That's it. Yep. So is that, and then it's like bye. This, yeah, and then it's bye. <laughs> yeah. So is that like? Is it just meant to give you that little high, that quick high, and we just didn't get it because we didn't recognize a single any soul? of them? Which in itself just like dates itself. Like yeah, you, yeah. Like you know these people aren't gonna seventy years from now people aren't gonna know who these people are. I did not. Yeah. The one Hollywood cameo that I do like, like in terms of film, is yeah. Bruce Willis in Ocean's Twelve. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's actually a good one because they put it into the story and they make it cute. And there's, I, a f- there's actually a couple. Hollywood has done really good ones. I don't think it's good as Bollywood, but like Hollywood has done some good ones. I cannot think of any of them. Oh, Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder is pretty great. Oh, yes, that is. Yes. <laughs> because you at first you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other Hollywood ones where it's kind of just like you like it and it mm-hmm. kind of feels like. And I can't think of any, but I could think of so many Bollywood ones. So right many now. Bollywood ones that are like so good because it's always in a dance number, and you're just it's like, always oh, in hey. a dance number. Yeah, oh hey, there you are. You made an appearance. Karan Johar is like the master. Of He's the master. He does it really well. Yeah, but like there was actually a, a trailer recently that came out for this Ranveer Singh movie called Circus mm-hmm. that doesn't look very good, and the trailer itself is not very good. But at the very end of the trailer, 
Deepika shows up in a song <gasps> with Ranveer Singh, and it's the best 10 seconds of that entire trailer. I just got excited for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she looks amazing, and they're dancing, husband and wife dancing together. It looks, and it, just that, like, again, that it's endorphins. It's like such a quick rush of, like, ah. Yeah. You know, it's great, but. Are there any Bollywood movies from, like, the pat like from the 80s and maybe the 70s where they had them and now they're really irrelevant to like you and i Ooh, that's a good question because like we're excited about these 90s ones because we yeah. grew up with these people but like very true i'm wondering in the in 56 when people saw this and they were just like oh my marlene dietrich like <laughs> were they just like over the moon about it maybe they were yeah that's a good question, Mita, and one I can't answer. But the the negative part about cameos is then you get movies like, um, what's that? It, it's called Movie 43, and it literally yeah, stars yeah, yeah, yeah. like every, I don't even think it's cameos because they put them all in the billing, but yeah. like it just has all these famous people doing nothing, and it's like, what's yeah. the point of this? Or even um, This is the End. Like, it's just, like, all these random, like, Emma Watson oh, showing right. up in that. Yes, yeah, that, like, end-of-the-world movie yeah. with, like, James Franco and Yes, I forgot guys. about that yeah. one, but that's, that's a movie. That's a movie, and it's like, what? <laughs> How did we get to this Actually, point? Actually, Jed Apatow does it quite a bit. Yeah. He'll do it with a lot of, like, comedic people, though. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I like, I like when he does it when, like, the, hey, it's that guy kind of actors. We're like, hey, I know that guy from this. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like George Clooney showing up in a movie. Sorry. Other greatest cameo? George Clooney and Spy Kids. Oh, yes. Okay, that there is you go. really good. That's a good cameo. Because they are for the adults that are watching Spy yeah, Kids. Yeah. That's well cast. Yeah. That's beautiful. But like, does Brad Pitt show up as a cameo? As a, just a surprise face? I'm trying to think of anything that I... I can't The cameo is dead. Not in India, it isn't. No. But it makes sense there. Because but why doesn't it make sense here? Well, most, mo- a good portion of Bollywood movies are musicals. So you have this opportunity yeah. to have somebody just like pop up for no apparent reason, where it's harder to have somebody pop up in a movie, but then also have it be a part of the movie in itself. Like, you know what this is an example of? Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. It's Divangi from Om Shanti Om. I don't know. Yeah, you've seen Om Shanti Om, right? No. What? No. <laughs> you haven't seen Om Shanti Om? Oh, Mita. I know the song. I think you would, I think you would love Om Shanti Om. Okay. For a variety of reasons. Oh, I can't talk about it, though, because... Because there's a cameo? There's... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil, spoil this spoil just a little it. bit. <laughs> yeah. There is, in the second half, mm-hmm. there, there's a, uh, an after party, a film for after party, and it's set to the song Divangi, and it's just cameo after cameo after cameo of Bollywood celebrity. That's so fun. It's like Shah Rukh Khan and like all the actresses who've ever appeared with him and like Salman Khan and Saif Ali Khan and Mithun Chakravarti and like just like one after the It's so fun. I saw it in theater and the audience went crazy for it. There's something so jovial about a musical that I think that it works yeah. in that. Like if Steven Spielberg, let's say Rita Marino didn't get this whole new character in West Side Story. If he had her show up in like Very when Anita point. is doing America, like that would have been so fun if she's just like somebody on the street in that song. Yeah. Or know? if she's like doing it with Anita. Yeah. That's, exactly. a, that's a very good point. Yeah. I, I can A I musical, can like even in La La Land, if there was like somebody that just kind of showed up, it would be yeah. cute. But I guess, but Damien Chazelle also wasn't like. That wasn't his goal. That's not him, you know? Yeah. That's not his kind of movie. But Steven Spielberg could do that. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. I see. I get. I'm understanding there's, where you're going. There's with a that. happiness that comes yeah. with like a musical in itself. So to yeah. have those like cute little snapshots of a celebrity is really fun and entertaining. So do you think this still lands then around the world in 80 days? All the cameos in it? For me, no. But if I was. But do you think someone who recognizes them? Forget us because we don't recognize 90% of the people here. I guess I would then. Like if I, let's say I was like a teenager in the 50s, I would be like, yeah. oh, like, that's cool. <laughs> I can't even name any of them right now. <laughs> that's it. And Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Frank Sinatra and Marlene Dietrich. Yeah. That's yeah. It. I guess so. But yeah, I you I guess that's a thing movies. Have, because like one, one is okay. That's why we like George Clooney and Spy Kids. That's why I like Bruce Willis and Ocean's 12. It's one. But yeah. when you have multiple, it's like, whoa. That's a lot of like little it's surprises. Is your movie that weak that you have to throw in all these like little surprises? That's a good question, Mita. Mm-hmm. A sequel of equal ideas? No, <laughs> I don't want anymore. I don't need to see. I don't need to see anything else here. No, this is fine. Bye. This is it. We're done. Even like I don't understand how this got remade so many times with um, Jackie Chan. Like that's the one I remember from yeah. being a kid. I've never seen it, but. I do think that this would probably lend itself to be a better show, though. Yes, because you can actually spend time in each yeah. place. Like one episode could be like all of India or Spain. Yeah. Or, yeah, you or could like really... a day. Like, fine, you have 80 days to complete this show. But yeah. like still, you could spend a day in India. You could spend a day in Spain, a day on the boat. Like 80 days, that's like four seasons of TV. You're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a pretty decent like length of TV show. It's true. Yeah. I do think, I don't think I'm going to watch it. No. But if I, I if I ever have the time and the inclination, I will tune into Amazon Prime for Around the World in 80 Days. Maybe I'll watch the first episode and then Maybe, I'll, yeah, exactly. That'll be my deciding factor. Okay. I don't have anything else to say unless you do. No. <laughs> into my so, rating? Into your rating and if you think this deserved best picture. Um, I do not think this deserved best picture. I I don't know what the politics were, but I agree with that long line of like, yeah. this is how you pie an Oscar. Yeah. And I think we could probably say that about some of the other movies we've watched thus far. I Yeah, there really isn't anything to this other than just following this guy going around all these different countries. But there's no heart to it. There's no purpose. There's nothing that really engaged me from the get-go that I was like, I want to watch this movie. And I think yeah. it's... It's construction is well made in that like the sets are really nice and like costume are, is cool, except for India, man. You really, <laughs> you really botched you India. Really yeah. Bot- you have so much opportunity there and it's just like so terrible. Like yeah. don't use a woman's hair clip to tie down a sari. Like that's <laughs> yeah. not how it works. It just sits. sits. <laughs> There's like no, no gravity yeah. in India. It just sits on you. But other than that, it, it, it's pretty cool to see that in this timeline. But in terms of the construction of story, and I, I'm from what I've understood, the book itself doesn't really have anything much to it. The story here just is really, it's bad. There's nothing, there's n- no champion. There's no stakes. Yeah. There's nothing, like the only stake is like, is he going to reach it in 80 days? And you kind of have an idea that he will when you start this movie. Like, you know yeah. that's going to happen. Like, otherwise, what was the point of this movie? Yeah. And you have the opportunity to do something with it because you give us that little spin at the end. But then it's just like, oh, you know what? I counted the days wrong. It's actually Sunday. We win. Like, what? (laughs) No. (laughs) And I just, I didn't fall in love with anybody in this. I wasn't moved by it. I wasn't entertained. 
And so I'm going to give it. I'm debating between one and a half or two. Are we allowed halvesies? I forgot. We're allowed halvesies. We're allowed halvesies. <laughs> no more fractions, though. I feel like one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm landing. I get that. Yeah. One and a half stars for Mita. Yeah. Yeah. You sum it up very nicely because I think this isn't a completely unredeemable movie, especially because the sets and the cinematography are very nice. Mm -hmm. And in conceit, it's an interesting film. Like, to go around the world in 80 days and see these countries and all of that, it just would have been nice if there was something else to do. Yeah. Because we're just watching them go on this journey and Passepartout go through his, like, you know, shenanigans is kind of it. And it's, like, repetitive. And I think the other thing that really kind of spoils this film is that anytime there is a bit of a hiccup or something happens you're not thinking like are they going to get through this it's like so how are they going to get through this Mm -hmm. like you know they're going to get there to the end you know all of that's going to happen so you know when they run out of coal on the, the the ship that's going from new york to the uk you're like okay so what now yeah and it's they, not a like a what now yeah, yeah exactly so you're like so how are you going to get out of this and you know that you're going to get out of this and it just feels it just feels very bland as a result like no, there's no stakes there's no interest there's no story and i think the one thing i'm taking away is that when you're watching when we've watched these movies we've been watching since 1929 Almost 30 years so far is what we've gone through. It's a crazy, right? I've aged 80 years. (laughs) We've gone through almost 30 years of this. It's kind of ridiculous. And the things that stick out, you cannot have a Best Picture winner, a solid, good Best Picture winner without a good story. Mm -hmm. It just, it does not matter what else you have. It doesn't matter if you have good sets or if it's well-made or if it's well-mounted or even if you have good direction or good music. If you do not have a good story, nothing else matters. And this is an example of a film that a good story could have made this really good Mm -hmm. and really interesting. And I would have forgiven the racism, to be quite honest. For a good story, I could have accepted the fact that like at the time, this is just how the world was and this is... There was a lack of education or a lack of even desire. And I could have just accepted it, that this was just a product of its time. But, like, not only are you racist, you're just boring, too. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's just nothing interesting here. So, I don't know, like, it's, someone else described this as, like, a good Sunday afternoon watch. No. And I was like, I could, I could <laughs> see why someone might like this, though. Do I? No. But I can kind of get why someone might like this because it is Mita. It is technically like Sunday movie in that way that it's like low stakes. You, it's, you don't have to invest too much. You're not watching Spotlight. Yeah, okay. Right, right. Like the emotional investment is limited. And like, yeah, if you get the jokes and you get the cameos and all of that, it's fun. It's a fun, easy watch. But I personally don't think this deserves Best Picture. That should have gone to the Ten Commandments. That is a feat of a film. Mm-hmm. And it's it does it there's a reason it's colloquially more popular than this. Yeah. Like that's a big film and there's it's big for a reason. So I am actually going to do the same rating, Mita. I'm also giving it one and a half stars. One and a half stars. I would have given it one star, but I think there are certain things that are redeemable about this. Is this our lowest? No, we've given oh, like Cavalcade. Sim- Cavalcade, one <laughs> yeah. star. Cavalcade was two for total. I will say that at least the racism was across the board. Mm-hmm. 
universal, <laughs> including Sorry. America. So that's where that At half least star it, comes racism from. was consistent. It was with consistent. all the races, not just one. Including the Americans. Yeah. The fact that the Americans got it too, I was like, okay, I kind of get this. America so. is not a race, but... <laughs> America is not a race, but at least the stereotyping Typing was, this, was like yeah. universal there. So the racism towards the Native Americans, also there. Yeah. Oy vey. Oy vey. But that was Around the World in 80 Days. Yep. I think we're mm. moving on to a higher caliber film next week. This is what I hear. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, Mita... Yes. Game. Okay. So last week you had me connect Scarface to a more recent film, The Menu, Mm -hmm. which I had just seen. And I was not able to do it. I was unsuccessful and I feel bad about it. But this week, (laughs) I have something for you. Um, I chose The Menu. Well, I didn't choose The Menu. You chose The Menu last week. I chose for you to connect The Menu to a movie that I I actually don't know if you've ever seen it, but I quite enjoy it. Uh, if it appears on TV, I'm like, oh, that's, this mm-hmm. is fun. Let's do this. That thing you do. Oh. Yes. And there is a quite easy way to do this. And oh, I wanna... I'm sure there is. Yeah. Okay. And your timer starts now. Look, I'm sure there's an easier way to do this. Okay. But Ralph Fiennes is in the menu. Yeah. He also was in Schindler's List, which was directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh-huh. Steven Spielberg directed Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks, Mm -hmm. who was also in That Thing You Do. There you go. He's also the producer and director of That Thing You Do? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very good. 17 seconds. That was not my easy way. I fear like there's a much easier way. Yes. Um, Nicholas Holt. That's my... Can you think of it? Is in That Thing You Do? No, he's in the menu. Yes. Who is he connected to that is also... I think people forget this person is in That Thing You Do. Yeah, I've actually never seen that thing you do. Okay. So. So, oh, you've never seen it? No. <laughs> I might make you watch that. <laughs> um, Nicholas Holt is in Mad Max Fury Road with one yes. Charlize Theron. Oh, I didn't know she was in that thing she you do. She is in that thing you do. Yeah. Okay. And there you go. Okay. There you go. So, do you know, know the song? Yeah, like if you sing it, I'll remember it. Doing that thing, that thing you, you do. do. Yeah. yeah, see, it it's, just, it's a fun time. It's a romp. <laughs> it's a romp. It is. It's a bop. Yeah. It's a bop. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's what the kids say. Okay, so next week you got to connect that thing you do to something. Yeah. Don't worry. I can we'll do it. I've it. seen that thing you do <laughs> many a time. <laughs> because that will be when we watch what movie, Mita? We are watching The Bridge on River Kwai. There you go. Which is supposed to have a lot more pedigree. Yeah, I yeah, I think so. so. We'll find out. We'll see. We'll That's see. for next week. <laughs> Mita, surprise me because I will say this movie had surprisingly some funny lines. Did it? <laughs> yeah, you there gave me some, some good selections. There you go. Okay, <clears throat> you ready? Mm-hmm. What kind of foreigner are you? Maybe a hoochie coochie dancer? <laughs> <laughs> that was Mita's choice. Yeah. Is that? One line or two lines? It's one line. Oh. Yeah, he says it. What kind of foreigner are you? Some hoochie coochie dancer? Yeah. Okay. Hoochie coochie. I just like saying hoochie coochie. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for The Bridge Over the River Kwai. Bye! Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, 
on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs>